Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. For those of you new to the show, we're studying the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ, loosely following the study curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And today we're going to be bouncing between 3 Nephi and the Gospels found in the New Testament. Well, we've just wrapped up the chapters of 3 Nephi, where Jesus Christ visits the Nephites in the Americas to teach and bless them. One of the last things he says to his people is, quote, Therefore, what manner of men ought ye to be? Verily I say unto you, even as I am, end quote. Christ is inviting the people, then and now, to be like him, to follow him. It's interesting that this phrase, come follow me, which is at the center of much of our gospel life now, is actually taken from an unsuccessful effort to bring someone unto Christ. In Luke we read, quote, And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. I think the lesson from this story is that following Christ can't be something casual in our lives. We'll likely have to give up something we love in order to follow our Savior. The payoff will be worth it, treasure in heaven and eternal life, but it may feel like a sacrifice today. So as I've thought about this theme, come follow me, I think of the story in the New Testament where Jesus first invites someone to follow him in Matthew chapter 4, quote, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him, end quote. All right, is it just me, or is this story a little weird? Here you've got two fishermen, likely hard at work at the day's catch, and up walks a complete stranger, who probably hasn't had a bath in quite a while, is wearing plain clothing at best, and doesn't appear to have any wealth or status. But when Simon and Andrew see Jesus, they immediately lay down their nets and abandon their boats, which was probably the only method they had of earning enough money for their families. But unlike the rich ruler I mentioned earlier, who didn't want to sacrifice his riches, these brothers gave up everything that was important to them in order to follow this man. So why did they do it? What was it about meeting Jesus and hearing his invitation that inspired Simon and Andrew to abandon their life in place of one that was sure to be challenging? I think about this same question in my own life. Back in 2006, I had what many would consider a pretty awesome life. I was working part of the year organizing and running a summer tennis camp for kids in Malibu, California, and then spent the rest of the year traveling around the country and world, backpacking, visiting friends and family, experiencing new places. I had the freedom and resources to do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted it. But one day that year in September... As a friend and I were road tripping around the country, our car broke down outside Idaho Falls. 
and needed a few days in the shop to get a new transmission. Well, as it turned out, my friend had some long-lost relatives in Idaho Falls that he had never met. Since we needed a place to stay while we waited for the car, and we were both pretty stingy with our money back then, we decided to contact the Burtonshaws to ask if we could stay with them. Pretty presumptuous of us. Well, it turned out that this elderly couple were not only members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but they were senior missionaries serving in the Temple Visitor Center. Upon receiving the phone call from my friend, they immediately invited us to stay with them as long as we needed, and to meet them at the Temple Visitor Center right now to wait for them until their shift was over. They suggested we spend the time waiting by watching the new church movie, Joseph Smith, Prophet of the Restoration. So I want to read you some snippets now from my journal of what came next after that fateful day at the temple in Idaho Falls. Pay attention to the dates. Quote, September 19th, 2006, Idaho Falls. We just watched a movie about Joseph Smith. Turned out to be a very well-made movie on his life, depicting how the church was formed. Showed Joseph and his followers to be an extraordinary bunch of very kind, compassionate people. And I was very moved. I knew nothing of Joseph Smith or the church besides the stereotypes we all share. So the movie was fascinating for me. I even thought maybe this was something I wanted to get involved in. January 17th, 2007, Mount Fitzroy, Patagonia, Argentina. Up to Mormon's chapter in the Book of Mormon. It's actually entertaining to read. I feel like I could believe it if I just let myself. January 29th, 2007, somewhere in the Chilean Andes. I'm really into this Book of Mormon. For some reason, it is making a lot of sense to me. I'm going to try to decide what I believe after I finish it. February 20th, 2007. Just returned to the United States. Just finished the Book of Mormon. Has definitely made me see my life differently, I suppose. Not sure what to do from here. I want to lead the good life it calls for, as everyone should. I just don't know if I can believe right now. Hopefully Jesus is patient. End quote. Well, about six months then pass by. And I find myself going through Provo, Utah, and reconnecting with an old high school friend from Montana, Connie, who is a Latter-day Saint, and her husband, Matthew. Quote, August 27th, 2007, Provo, Utah. Connie and Matt turned out to be very devout Mormons, and the nicest people I know. We stayed up late every night discussing their religion. I would ask questions or voice my concerns about the religion, and every time they would explain everything so well that it all made sense. In the end, short of a couple issues I may still have, I think it's a great religion and I would love to be able to know it's true. I can't write everything about how I feel, but while I could make myself believe, I don't know how to know for sure. December 22nd, 2007, Vancouver, British Columbia. Lord, when am I going to be able to fully commit? I feel like I know this gospel is true, or at least I believe it's true. What else do I need? What's holding me back? Am I ever going to be able to make that leap of faith? Why is it taking me so long? December 23rd, 2007. Dear Lord, how can I always feel the Spirit? I love the feeling, and I want it more often. How can I make this happen? How can I take my belief and make it constant, rather than have it waver back and forth? I want to believe in the gospel all the time. January 28th, 2008. Draper, Utah. Wednesday. Voicemail to my missionaries at 10.30 p.m. at night. Elders, this is Caleb. 
I need to get baptized on Saturday. I can't wait any longer. Make it happen. End quote. Well, if you remember your church history, the week of January 28, 2008, happened to be the same week that Gordon B. Hinckley, president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, died. And the stake president, where I was living in Draper at the time, had declared that out of respect for President Hinckley and the funeral events happening that weekend, there would be no stake events, including baptisms. Well, I had been delaying this decision for 18 months, and I couldn't wait another week. So my 21-year-old missionaries mustered up their courage and called up the stake president and politely let him know that the work of salvation trumps stake policies and that Caleb Sanford was in fact going to be baptized on Saturday. I'm not sure how happy that stake president was, and we ended up having to go conduct the ordinance down in Provo, but I made it. So why did I and Simon Peter and all of us change our lives to follow Christ? What attracted us and drew us in? In the book of John, we read, quote, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. End quote. Knowing Christ, knowing our Heavenly Father, that's the key to unlocking eternal life. And I believe we can experience this now during this life, as we get to know Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. I believe that when Simon Peter saw Christ walk by and heard his voice, he began to know Christ. When I had my first experience at the Idaho Falls Temple Visitor Center and had my first real exposure to the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, in that moment, I knew Christ a little bit better than I did before. And in those moments, when we begin to know Christ and know our Heavenly Father a little bit more than before, in those moments, we touch eternal life. And that feeling of eternal life, of experiencing that bit of heaven right now, that's the best feeling in the world and a feeling that keeps many of us strong in our faith as we face challenges in our life. Those moments when I caught a glimpse of eternal life kept me hooked like a divine drug for 18 months until I finally made the decision to be baptized. I was never able to walk away, even though I tried. I needed more. I still do. I'm grateful for the decision that hundreds of thousands of young men and women and older couples have made to serve Jesus Christ as missionaries including my own missionaries from Canada and Australia, and the many friends I've had in the gospel that have helped me along the way. Because of them, as I began to know Christ, I got a taste of life eternal, and I've been trying to hang on ever since. In Christ's final words to his apostles in the book of Matthew, quote, Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. End quote. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next time.